Hello and welcome to my podcast, How I Teach Golf. My name's Duncan Walger and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of How I Teach Golf. Today I'm going to the island of Jersey and I'm speaking to Alex Mollin. Alex, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Duncan. And you? Yeah, very well, very well. Um, Alex, we've been on a few uh, CPD uh, courses, pieces, but I don't know how you got into the game of golf, if you grew up in Jersey. So for the listeners, give us your backstory. Um, well, it, it's quite a long story, really. I, I was born in Jersey and I grew up here, but I didn't actually start playing golf when I until I was 23. So okay. um, a bit of a late starter. As, as a child, I played a lot of different sports. Um, there were always golf clubs around and we did live just down the road from the Royal Jersey. But um, at that stage, I played badminton, tennis, football, a lot of different school sports, but, but not actually golf. Um, and then I went to university, not really of my own wish. It was one of those things where at school, it, the expectation was to go to university. and But I didn't really want to go and I didn't really have a yeah. plan. So having been to Loughborough for a few weeks I ended up coming back, um, worked in finance for a while and did all my accountancy exams. And then off the back of that, basically, I, I decided that working in an office wasn't for me. My ambition probably at school had been, you know, to be almost like a PE teacher, but that just hadn't yeah. happened. Um, and so off the back of that, I actually went to work at a leisure centre for the summer as a bit of a summer job, get away from the accountancy, um, do something different. And, and actually... The point of that was that they'd offered me the chance to become a tennis coach. So, um, huh. but, <laughs> but a strange coincidence, they had a new driving range um, built at the, at the centre. Uh, we had free golf balls included as, as part of, of working there. And I just started really hitting golf balls. And, and coincidentally, um, my mum had actually put my name down at the Royal Jersey as a child. And, and even though we still have waiting lists now, so over here, there's still waiting mm. lists at uh, Lemoy Golf Club and the Royal Jersey. But at that time, it was over 10 years. So my wow. membership came up <laughs> in my early 20s. And I thought, well, I should probably just give it a go. And that's, that's really where it started um, at that time. So you, you picked up the game of golf at 23. How long was it before you, you did or started your PGA? So, again, it's, it's all a bit of a long story, I guess. I, I, I didn't start my PGA till I was just coming up to 32. So, wow. um, but within a year of taking up the game, I'd become the Ireland, Channel Island Bronze Division champion. So I got, you know, relatively good, relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, and even at that really early stage, I would almost decided that I wanted to become a professional, but obviously had to get my handicap down and... and you know, with stubborn determination, worked my way down to a three, four handicap, um, representing the island and becoming, you know, winning various things along the way. But um, I basically went to work for my family. So work for the family business on the kind of basis that I'd have loads of time off to play golf. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was a bit of a, an easy option. Um, but unfortunately, within a couple of months of starting that, my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh, no. So um, that started a, I ended up staying there for about five years 
um, yeah. until we we wound down the business and decided that you know my mum was well due her retirement um okay it then gave me the opportunity to to turn pro and I was really lucky to be offered uh, the chance to to work at Le Miel Golf Club on the island um, and become an assistant there. So you you were travelling backwards and forwards to the Belfry or to Birmingham University to do your your PGA. Yeah, so obviously there's nothing that takes place on the island, so it is very much back and forth. And with the 21 events that you know you're expected to to take part in, there was nothing actually locally that I could compete in either. So mm-hmm. everything I had to do was was back over in England. Um, so it was quite a mission. Um, but one thing that I did do because I was fed up traveling back and forth to compete, I decided that maybe we should have a PGA event on the island. So I contacted Sam Smith um, in the South region. And yeah. off the back of that, we've now got a PGA event back on the island every year as well. So that was that's really nice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I used to sit next to Sam at school. <laughs> um, <laughs> I should get him on the podcast actually and, uh, well maybe not because he could tell too many stories yeah about. that would be a good one but, <laughs> but um, I mean I think Sam does an awesome job for the for the South region and um, I know that you do have the obviously you have the event every year on the island I haven't played in it but um, I didn't know that came about uh, due to yourself so I mean that's a fantastic achievement well it was it was one of those I guess for me it was a case of well if there wasn't one, why couldn't we create one? And there had been one yeah. in the past, so I knew that it was possible. Um, and I thought, well, even if four out of the 21 events I could play on courses that I knew, obviously that helps and yeah. avoids the travel and the expenses that, that do come for living on an island. You know, Jersey's a fantastic place to live. I can't, I can't complain. But it is, you know, costly and time-consuming when you're wanting to get off the island. So what... Um... So tell me a bit about the island itself, how much golf you can be exposed to on the island, and then um, pretty much who helped you through your PGA and your further development from there. So golf on the island, we've got the, the island itself, for those who don't know, is only nine miles by five miles. So it's it's pretty teeny when you put it into perspective. But we do have six golf courses over here, three 18-hole courses and three nine-hole courses. The most famous ones generally are the Royal Jersey, which has this amazing history with Harry Varden and Ted Ray and Tommy Horton. Uh, yes. And the other and the other one that most people have heard of is is, is Lemoy Golf Club. Um, so it, as an island, generally, people over here are quite active. I think it's just the lifestyle, you know, beach life, being outside. We do have great weather as well. So, you know, a lot there are a lot of people that take part in a lot of, of sports. So, um you know the, the kind of I guess island golf scene is, is thriving really and that's that's demonstrated by the fact that we do still have waiting lists at, at the two main clubs yeah um, you know for men at the Royal Jersey it's still five to eight years that you're waiting if you want to get in for ladies it's less than that now but but it's still significant so then you so you were a, you became a member at Royal Jersey yes and then so was which one? Was, Tommy was at Royal Jersey, correct? Tommy was at Royal Jersey, yes. So, did you know him quite well, or? Um, yeah, he was fantastic to me. He was he was such a, a great support throughout my training, and and I think he he loved golf, and you know he loved golfers, and he was always willing to support people coming through, 
you know whether that's we run a junior festival over here and he would be there every year supporting and you know personally he 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 went out of his way to help me and he you know he was such a fantastic man and and he was so so kind to me as well i mean i only met tommy a couple of times and for people that didn't know tommy horton um not only was he a fantastic player on the european tour and and on the senior european senior tour but also he used to do a lot of the John Jacobs golf schools. He used to do a lot of the short game uh, for, for, for John um, in the John Jacobs golf schools. And I also think I'm right in saying that he also, at the start of each year, the new guys that had gone to the European tour, he would be one of the coaches that would uh, assist the new, the new players on the European tour in anything like career advice or playing advice when you know, kind of mentoring them through. Would that be correct? I'm not sure, to be honest. I do know that he was always very much involved. He would go off and do training camps in Spain, you know, yeah. until really late days. And at times when he really wasn't very well, he, yeah. was still, he was still doing his bit. And, you know, at times he really shouldn't have been travelling, but he was <laughs> determined He was determined to do it. And he, and he kept going and kept going. And, and even on days like this, when the weather was pretty grim, he would be out there still practicing. Um, you know, he was an inspiration to, to a lot of people. He, he, he helped you with playing side, teaching side, or how, how, what was your involvement with him? So as far as that, not much. Um, I was based at Lamiel Golf Club, so I worked um, under professional Wayne Osmond, and he was my head professional. But he had um, Wayne himself had been one of Tommy's assistants. Okay. So, so there was a real link there. Um, you know, there's a number of golf pros over here that had worked for Tommy in the past. So there was that that connection. And, and through Wayne and, and through being at Lamiel, you know, I met with Tommy. I never had a lesson with Tommy um, as far as as with my PGA work. He wasn't involved in that so much, but as a kind of supporter he was he was a he was he was always there and I knew I could call on him if I needed to that's fantastic and then after so you let's say you with jump forward a little bit so you become PGA qualified when when was that Alex so I graduated in I completed it in 2013 um and graduated in 2014 okay um, and then what did you do after that because I think we first met well, did we first meet on the level three so, yeah, we first met on the level three, which is a few years after that. So um, when I uh, qualified, when I completed the PGA training program, I, I was lucky and, and I worked hard at it. And I did qualify as the Titleist um, PGA assistant of the year and female assistant of the year. So um, having won all three years. So that's a bit of a, an accolade. That wow, um, that's really impressive. But, quite proud of i barely um, qualified so being, <laughs> talking to someone who won assistant of the year or trainee of the year is is is, is fantastic because i literally just qualified <laughs> <laughs> i think because having come at, into the program at an older age um you know i was 10 years behind everybody else and so very determined to to make it work and make it happen and, and yeah. give it 100 percent really so um so that was 2013 when I finished the programme and I went straight into the advanced certificate at the University of Birmingham. Yeah. Um, so did that for that next year. So basically almost graduated at the same time as I'd finished my advanced certificate. Um, and then off the back of that, I also purchased a TrackMan, um, did all my TPI training. 
set up my own coaching business um and then from that also that's where it filtered into to level three and that's when when we first met brilliant so let's let's not fast forward but let's take it from there so you've got you you've done your pj qualifications you've done your ad cert you've purchased your tech so where are you working at this point and uh and where are you working now because do you do you, do you just teach at one site or you're at multiple sites? Yeah, so I stayed at, at Les Miel until 2016. Um, and I then naturally was lucky enough to be offered a job back at the Royal Jersey. So that's where I've been for the last pretty much bang on three years now. Um, okay. So, so that was, you know, I'm really grateful for that opportunity that the course, you know, it's a fantastic, great, great facility. Um, I'm also lucky that, that I'm actually quite flexible on the island i do work at the royal jersey we have a driving range about five minutes away where i work as well um, there's a nine hole facility over here where i take a lot of my ladies groups um, mm. because the course at the royal is actually a really really busy golf course and to take beginners groups out um, at busy times is obviously quite difficult so being able to go to the nine hole course where it's generally nice and quiet par threes it's it's a really useful um facility to have and to use as well so would i would i be right in saying a lot of your one-to-one coaching of your more established golfers um would be done at, at royal jersey yes and then your beginner groups your lady groups and improving groups and introduction to golf and the golf course would be done at the at the other facility that's generally the way it does work yeah um we don't actually have a driving range or practice uh, ground facility actually at Royal Jersey anymore so this is where the Longville driving range tags onto that so so either one or the other is where where generally I'll do either range lessons or or with better players on the golf course at the Royal Jersey. Okay so let's say um, let's say I'm coming to um, I'm seeking you out Alex here for <laughs> for some for some help with my game um, I know that I know that you're on the island of Jersey I'm prepared to come uh, over to the island what ha- how would I go about booking a lesson with you? And then what happens? Uh, tell us what happens in the first like five, 10 minutes. Or do I get a questionnaire beforehand that I fill out? What what, what happens? Um, as far as booking, I do have an online booking system. Um, we use Progenda, ProAgenda at, um, at the club. But I do actually personally like to make contact with people before mm-hmm. I start a lesson program. I think you know, building a relationship from, from day one and, and finding out some information is, is really useful. You know, even if it's something as simple as, are you left or right-handed? Which side do I set the track man up on? You know, just knowing, yeah. being prepared for whoever's walking in the door. So so generally, I'd, I'd prefer somebody to either email me or, or give me a call, um, and then we can come up with a plan. If somebody was particularly coming over to the island for coaching, which does happen um, on occasion, and I do also go to Guernsey to coach as well, I'll usually send um, a questionnaire, you know, starting point to get an understanding of the player um, and then really, really go from there. If it's, a, if it's a local person, generally the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes of meeting someone will, will be spent learning a bit about them, building an understanding of what they're looking for um, and really going, going from there. So you said you did your TPI... Um certifications is that correct yes i did yeah i did that again pretty much straight out of my pga training i I really like the tpi stuff i'm 
just at the moment I've been working my way through the level two golf and it's something that's on the to-do list but I, I really do utilize that as part of my coaching and I think screening is really valuable learning a bit about the player beforehand and, and being able to link you know the physical to the to the technical is, is really important. So will you screen all new students and then periodically through a program screen again? Um, I don't screen everybody, no. I wish I could. Um, mm -hmm. Going forward, maybe in the future, facilities-based, I, I, would, I would really like to do that if I could. I offer it to everybody. Um, again, it's a choice. And I think for me, a lot of the time, the more likely clients that will take up the offer are the better players, you know, looking for that for that edge. And that's, and that's really where where that'll kick in but but even then with with any player i think the tpi stuff is is really valuable yeah and so you you you, you use obviously you've got your tpi training in there and um your track man so what what percentage of your lessons are um full swing on course short game and i'll say putting as well so i'll separate those out oh um that's quite a tricky question, really, off the top of my head. <laughs> I think, I think probably about fifty percent of my lessons would be full swing, so they would take mm -hmm. place on the driving range. I think probably, I'd probably put about thirty percent of my lessons are on the golf course, um, yeah. and then I'd say the other twenty percent are short game and putting. But putting is something that I'm really trying to to get into and last year I, I felt that putting was probably one of the weaker areas of, of my coaching and and with that went off to do the putting solutions training with Phil Kenyon late last year fantastic so, was that up at Formby yes it was yeah it was it was a complete eye-opener and something I really happy that I did but but also off the back of that in the last few weeks I've now become an aim point instructor so really trying to open up that avenue of coaching and, and do more putting um, going forward so while it's probably quite a small percentage right now I'm hoping if I spoke to you again this time next year it, it, the percentages would be quite different so you did your aim point with Jamie or I did yeah Jamie came over we were lucky with the weather um yeah had a really good day and um, I'm really excited to get started with that brilliant so is there any other uh, like certifications or any other things you've looked into that you would like to you know continue your, your, your learning or your development within well we've spoken about the plain truth um mm -hmm. stuff so that's definitely something that i'm interested in i think for me just learning from people you know learning from from other coaches being exposed to different ways of looking at things you know i'm really lucky i've been out um, a few times now and spent some time with butch Harmon, and um, i'm going back out next month to spend some more time with him and and just really just soaking up as much information as I can you know time isn't on my side unfortunately having taken up the game that bit later and than, than the average and so really just trying to to soak up as much information from as many people as I can um, I did go out and do the vision 54 um, program yeah. actually when Ollie was out still at um, talking stick he was, yeah. he was he was there when when I went out and that was again really valuable learning um time out there and there's so much great stuff out there and i wish i had you know more time to to, to do more as well so what you, you so you learned from the you learned from Pierre and lynn with regards to a lot more of the human skills and sort of stuff or did you do that with ollie so i did that with Pierre and lynn i did the, the three-day coach program that they offer yeah um, and i think you know that stuff 
that they do is obviously quite different perhaps to, to a lot of coaches out there, but I think it, it's definitely got its place. Um, I think I use a lot of that with a lot of the, the groups that I do, and I do a lot of ladies coaching um, and beginner coaching as well. And I think a lot of those skills are really valuable, well, at any level, but, yeah. but also things that can be really well applied by people early, at the earlier stages in their, in their golf careers, I guess. No, I totally, a hundred percent agreed. So I want, I want to, I want to go back a little bit, and I want to, I want you to tell me about your experiences with, with, with Butch. So, how did the first meeting come about? And then, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little, if I can, be a bit cheeky. And just tell us, just tell us a couple of stories, or, uh, or what kind of happens in the time that you spend with him. <laughs> um, so yeah, he he has been so supportive, and he is such a lovely man and a fantastic fantastic coach and I made contact with him back in uh, 2015 it was okay. um, when and then I went out and spent time at his school in Las Vegas mm-hmm. um, every time I've been out there I've been out and shadowed him for three days at a time um, the stories that you could tell spending time with Butch <laughs> there are probably not many that should be recorded and <laughs> <laughs> But the the way that he coaches, um, the way he builds relationships with people, I think is something that, you know, really struck me at that early stage is, is how he puts anybody at ease so quickly um, and the simplicity of his coaching, but the effectiveness of the way that he, the uh, way that he does things. Um, you know, it, it's, for me, it, it's such a great opportunity and, and something that I'm, I'm thrilled and, and, and happy to do every time I'm out there. It's it's probably the best, my best days of my life probably are when I've been out there in Las Vegas with him. I mean, so in 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 a in a in a normal day, and I don't think Butch ever has a normal day. But if you if if you were to say a, a bad, you know, um, a full day with Butch, would you, would you predominantly get all levels of golfer, or would they be, you know, are we talking tour players or? or what what have you seen when you've been out there? So, for most of the time I'm out there, he's working with schools, so he's working with with anybody. So okay. so the whole range of players. Um, there was one lady there who her husband decided that if she was going to have a golf lesson, she was going to learn with Butch Harmon. Um, through to you know, nice. uh, <laughs> a good place to start. Yeah. Um, Suzanne Peterson was out there the first year I was out there, so that was really interesting as well. Um, so there's been a whole range, you know, complete spectrum of, of players. The average is, you know, a mid handicap player out there mm-hmm. for the experience. Um, and but but you know there there is the whole range of abilities that that he works with, obviously. And what do you what what do you say? Obviously, his the way that he puts people at ease and his rapport that he gets so quickly with different people. Do you see his kind of style of teaching or his style of coaching change really quickly from person to person or what what would I mean you've you've seen him a lot more you've seen him coach a a heck of a lot more than what I have but like you said he does have this amazing ability to put people at ease ask the right questions and obviously you can flat out teach but would you say is it his learning styles or what what does he do that you think that just makes him so good I think you know I think he has this ability to 
to to relate to anyone. I think mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who it is or what level they're at. He does seem to just be able to pitch everything just right. You know, yeah. that, I guess, comes from years and years of experience of working with thousands and thousands of different people. But but that way that he can pitch it just right, you know, he's so perceptive. He, he gets people, you know, within minutes of walking through the door, he knows, I guess, what they're looking for. Um, he knows how to deal with the different type of individual that he's dealing with on a daily basis but also the way that perhaps they want to learn um i guess some people would go there and expect more you know technology more current methods Mm. but you know the way he does it the simplicity of the way he coaches and and he sticks to you know he sticks to his point he sticks to his his values and and it's it is really really fascinating to watch him and then, what do you what do you tend to do? What do you tend to take away from each time you go out there? What what comes back from Vegas to Jersey with you? Motivation to get better, I guess, because every time I'm out there, I think I still have so much to learn. Hundred <laughs> percent. Whenever I spend time with, whether it be Jim, Chris, or a lot of the Plain Truth guys, you know, any of the any of the top coaches, you always feel as though they motivate and inspire us to get better. Yeah. in ourselves and, think, and you know I couldn't think a better person than learning from them Butch yeah and, and that's the thing I think more than anything I come back with this this kind of trying to take trying to keep things simple I guess that's mm-hmm. one thing I, I try and because I guess I use Trackman on a daily basis really over here when I go out there everything is 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 almost you know tipped on its head and, and the simplicity and the way that he 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 coaches and it reminds me you know often that less is more you know do the the fundamentals well make sure that that people are getting feeling good about themselves as part of a lesson you know they're they're basic things really but I think it's the basics that he does so well but you know I guess for me it's coming back and as I say every time just thinking that's where I want to be that's where I need to get better um and just focuses my motivation as well fantastic so you what tell us a bit about the the programs or the uh, the the things you've set up on 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 the island to get more people into the game of golf. You 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 kind of touched on the 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 women's groups that you've started. So how did that kind of come about? So I was finding, I guess, as a female coach, you know, you do have a lot of ladies come to you for lessons, which is fantastic, and I'm I'm fortunate that I kind of built a reputation on the island now where you know it's almost if if a a woman wants to learn to play golf they come to me or or it's like a first stop which is fantastic yeah but when I was doing my um ad cert at the University of Birmingham I was actually put in touch with Alistair Spink at that time because there was a program about creating you know using mentors um and I signed up for that and and made contact with Alistair and we were talking about the ladies coaching and, and at that time he didn't have love golf mm-hmm. he had here come the girls I think yeah it was called at that time um and we spoke about you know almost creating an identity for the women's coaching that i was offering on the island and, and from that i basically created the t-birds which was hmm. my which started off as a, as coaching programs for ladies but has since become coaching programs and also a society alongside that cool. so um with that, every year we have an average 50 to 60 members 
of the society plus all the people coming through the coaching programs and what that's created is a real community of, of women on the island um, and the, and the benefits that they've got from that so not just the golf but the the friendships the relationships the the social aspect of the game um, and that for me has been a real learning curve as well because while you know for me I came into the game being as I guess a sports person and being competitive but there's so many people that use golf for so much more than that and you know we've got a member that credits the society with with saving her life you know there are wow. things that have come out of it that I never would have imagined when I thought I'd set up a you know a ladies golf society so some really powerful and impactful stuff yeah and 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 that was the thing that really struck me is, is how important this can be and even a Christmas just gone I had a couple of you know these Christmas cards where people write that you don't realize how much the T-Birds means to these people and 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 what it's brought to their life at times where where times have been difficult um and and off the back of that then I saw that there was a real maybe need or opportunity that that there are a lot of people that do come to the game at difficult times you know in their life whether it's divorce or bereavement or or other things and um so back in 2017 I started recovery golf which Mm -hmm. unfortunately I haven't had a massive amount of time to spend on but I'm hoping to to build that more this year and and really just focusing on how powerful golf can be in impacting on people's lives and you know the research out there now about the well-being and health benefits of game and mental health you know everybody's talking about mental health at the moment and and how we can use golf for for far more than you know getting a handicap and, and going out to play every weekend that, that there's so many people that could benefit from the game in so many different ways and i think there was just a publication or something just came out saying that golf is or may be available through the nhs soon yeah you know i read that and i thought that's you know fantastic and through my own kind of personal circumstances seeing you know golf can be fantastic for you know stroke recovery rehabilitation you know there's all different ways that that we could use it and it's not necessarily about even you know completing nine holes it's it's being able to just get out there and even if it's one hole being able to just in in the fresh air playing a game being around friends communicating socializing all these things that, that can be so important for people especially if they're isolated that's awesome. I mean, that's awesome. So the the T birds and recovery golf um, is that something that you see just staying on the island, or do you actually travel with them? So do you do like um, Alex golf holidays type things? <laughs> um, yep, the T birds go on tour. So we've Excellent. done that for four, five. Uh, well, no, when did we start it? Uh, Two thousand fourteen. So yes, this year will be our fifth trip we we generally go to france just because you know the ferry from here to st marlo is an hour um and when you're traveling with 20 to 25 other people you know the ferry generally is the easiest option so we we jump on the ferry we go to france and and have a really you know fun time away for the weekend and um that's basically the highlight i think most people not maybe a bit of a sweeping statement but a lot of people join the society i think purely for t-birds on tour trip that's excellent (laughs) brilliant so you've 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 got that you've got recovery golf you've obviously got your one-to-one coaching um obviously very very busy what does alex get up to outside of golf what's um what 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 do you like doing 
I've well, recently I've taken about two years ago, eighteen months ago, I took up running. So um, I got involved in fundraising for the National Brain Appeal, which is uh, the charity associated with the National Hospital Hospital for Neurology and Neurosurgery in London. Okay. Um, it, basically, they they treated my mum a few years ago, and we wanted it to kind of give something back. So, ran the Royal Parks Half Marathon, not mm-hmm. this year, last year, um, and that kind of kicked off the fundraising. And then ran the London Marathon again for the National Hospital. Um, the T Birds have actually fundraised during 2018. So, in the last 18 months, raised over 15,000 pounds for oh, for the charity as well. That so is fantastic. So that's been good fun, and and I've really enjoyed the running. And but unfortunately, I think my competitiveness means that I'm, I've come a bit addicted and and seeing how fast <laughs> I can get. <laughs> so you do you still doing a lot of running now? Um, unfortunately, over Christmas I've picked up a bit of an injury, so I've had to be sensible and ease back a little bit. But I'm I'm doing actually the cancer research. Uh, winter run in London this weekend and then doing another half marathon for the National Brain Appeal um, in March so yeah so I enjoy the fundraising side of things as well and and if I can combine it with the running it's it's um it's nice to do something away from golf but it's also good to do a sport where you're you know you're the beginner as well like you know just by taking up running and and doing the different strength and conditioning programs it it really opens your eyes to to different ways of looking at things and things that you can incorporate within within your own coaching as well. Absolutely. And then is there any plans on more marathons or we staying at half? So what's the what's the plan? I think that depends on my knee's prognosis at the moment. I'm waiting to see. I'm meant to be doing a, a, a ultra marathon in May, but we'll see if that happens or not. <laughs> so an ultra marathon, does that mean more than one? So what that means is over here, there's, that we have the north coast which is a really rocky cliff path uh terrain and they're doing a, a 20 mile north coast challenge so you basically <laughs> run from one side of the island and and back again um i've signed up for the relay version which is just two of us but it's still going to be pretty grueling so so we'll see if that happens or not that's fantastic so when you're when you're training um and or racing is there anything you listen to do you listen podcasts or in your time away from the golf course and and, and away from running are you an avid reader or what's uh, how, how do you what, what do you listen to and what do you read really so when I'm running I don't actually listen to anything at all I think I just quite enjoy having a bit of empty space I find at times I think with social media and emails and text messages at times I just feel frazzled I, mm. I think everybody who's self-employed uh, trying to keep up with everything so I think actually when I run, I just have that headspace. I don't, I don't listen to anything. I just, just enjoy having a bit of, of, of downtime. Um, I enjoy reading. I wish I had more time to do it. Um, I enjoy reading on holidays, but at home, unfortunately, I, I, I don't spend a massive amount of time reading. And that's a New Year's resolution for this year is to actually try and do more. Cool. And then, so we know what you're going to do CPD wise with your golf and, and, and bits and pieces and, is there any ambitions or any other goals that you've set yourself for this year? So, as I said, putting is definitely a bit of a focus for this year, really trying to to move forward with that. Um, I think I'm always open to, to opportunities that come along. I, you know, see what happens. I'd like to spend time with more, you know, different coaches, looking at different ways of doing things. 
Um, I'm going to work at the Open um, in July on the PGA um, with the PGA um, yeah. Swing Zone. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just always looking for ways to improve and, and things that, that I can work at to, to move forward. Brilliant. So golf do you actually play yourself now how much would you say you you get to play not a lot that's that's my yeah, yeah. I, I wish I had more time and again you know talking about what I'd like to do this year I was hitting some balls yesterday thinking you know I do need to spend more time at this the reason I guess for most of us we came into it because we love the game and we love playing the game and not having much time to do that so you know the PGA event coming up in May um We've got a pro-am on the first day, so obviously need to pull my socks up and, and get some practice in in, in preparation yeah. for that. Get the game ready for that. And if anybody was interested in coming over, it's a, it's a really, really good, relaxed event. As I say, two days, we've got a pro-am on the first day. It's an individual um, event on the second day, playing at Lemoy and the Royal Jersey. Um, and anybody is welcome to come over and can help with accommodation and, and anything else that, that people may need. And when's the dates of that again? So it is May the, oh, off the top of my head, 14th and 15th. 14th and 15th of May. Um, and if they want any more details, either contact you or Sam Smith through the PGA South region. Yes, that's it. It is not a regional event. Anybody's welcome. So, you know, anybody from, from, from anywhere in the world really could come over and play. Um, it's, it's not restricted to the South region. And you get a chance to play at two awesome courses. Yeah. And um, like you said, you can go on. You can go on a bit of historical. You know, I still find it amazing that you had two legends of the game come from the island in in Harry Varden and Ted Ray. I mean, that's just. I still find that amazing. You know, driving into the golf club when you've got Harry Varden's statue there, and there's there's a, a stone out on the course with Ted Ray. It's yeah. It's a it's a. The atmosphere and, the, and the, the feeling at the golf club, there is something special about it. You know, I love St Andrews. When I go up there, you, you have that, that feeling. There's something about the place that, you know, it's it's just got that history. And I guess not quite on that level, but there is definitely that feel at the Royal Jersey that, that is quite special. Excellent. So if you had the opportunity to play one more round of golf anywhere in the world with anyone you wanted to uh, through the history of the game, where would you play and who would you play with? So fancy four ball, I'm saying. <laughs> well, I think it's pretty obvious, but I would love to play at Augusta. I think mm -hmm. um, that would be my location of choice, I guess, for something really special. I think my four ball might be... Um, I would probably... I would like to play golf with Barack Obama. I think that might be okay. a, bit, <laughs> a bit of a random one, but I, I think he's a fascinating guy and I'd, I'd like to to spend more time with him perhaps tiger woods i think has to be in the four ball as well and yeah. then i'd probably throw butch into the mix as well to make up make up the four <laughs> who's playing with who um i put tiger and butch together to see how that worked out <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant so it's you and barack obama against tiger woods and butch harm and raul augusta yeah that would be it that's fantastic Alex, um, if people want to get a hold of you, um, please tell us your website and all your social media handles. So my website is just under reconstruction. It is jerseygolfcoaching.com. Um, on Twitter, it's just Alex Mullen, um, and that comes up as Jersey Golf Coaching. On Facebook, it's Jersey Golf Coaching Alex Mullen. 
um, or email alex at jerseygolfcoaching.com. That's brilliant. And um, I now hand the podcast over to you again, and you get about a minute to two minutes just to thank people that um, have helped you along your, your career. So it's kind of the shout-out minute, as it were. I think we've, we've, we've heard about Mr. Harmon, so I'm sure he'll be, he'll be in there. But any, anyone else as well you'd like to you take this opportunity to thank that have helped you? I think, you know, first and foremost, that my family, my mum particularly, having seen me through ups and downs and not knowing where I wanted to be, um, her support throughout, you know, particularly my training um, and ongoing has, has been fantastic. Uh, you know, Wayne Osmond down at Laneyell Golf Club gave me the opportunity to turn professional without that chance. Um, jobs are limited on the island, so so it, it was a, a real opportunity. And then the guys at, at Royal Jersey, James Evans and Aaron Anderson, um, back in 2016, offering me the chance to to move there and and progress with my career. Fantastic, Alex. I've really really enjoyed our our, our conversation here. Um, I hope people get a lot out of it, and I hope it inspires people not only to come over to the island to play in the event, but just to to come over and uh, and play the courses and see what else the island has to offer. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on, and and um, and it's been great catching up. Excellent. Alex, I'm sure we'll catch up soon. You take care till then. You too. Bye. Cheers now. Bye.